This week on Cartoon Dumpster Dive, we cover the show Earthworm Jim. Groovy! Yes, Andrew. Have you been worried about cows falling on you randomly this week? Yes, all the time. Me that, too. That's actually not just this week. It's just all the time. All the time. I have. I think that's a a, a more recent fear for me. Because, really? Because uh, watching Earthworm Jim, the animated series, one of the running jokes is someone, usually Jim, gets hit by a cow at the end mm-hmm. of every episode. So. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. But yeah, me me growing up in the country, that was a constant feel. Yeah, I mean you, cows you, being catapulted. That or just you know you're playing around a cow and it could fall on. He, you. It just could fall over. Hey Andrew, speaking of cows, what do you call a cow with two legs? Uh, lean beef. We <laughs> <laughs> call a cow with no legs. What Andrew? Ground beef. Uh, ba-doom-tsh. Hey, man, we're gonna reach those top comedy charts in no time. In no time, we're here all night, folks. Well, <laughs> we are covering the show Earthworm Jim. If you haven't guessed, yeah, if you haven't already. guessed. Uh, did you play the game? Yeah, I yeah. loved the game. Oh no, I love the game too. One and two, but not three D. Yes. Yeah, I, I played the game. Honestly, even the cartoon, I remember the cartoon pretty fondly. To give a brief history of my experience with this cartoon, I remember going to Blockbuster with my parents, begging them to let me rent the VHS, VHS tape of Earthworm Jim yeah. constantly. <laughs> like, it was the same one, because our Blockbuster only had... Like, the first couple of episodes on VHS. They never got, like, additional ones. So I constantly just wanted to get that same tape over and over again. And this is a great way to plug who requested this episode. Really? Speaking of movies and renting movies. The Center Cut cast requested Earthworm Jim today. They have a great, like, podcast so they watch the first 15 minutes of a movie and then the last 15 minutes of a movie and then they review the movie (laughs) i like that so we'll play their trailer now have you ever wondered who would make the sexiest zombie matt damon pepper me with your damon teeth all up on me what would happen if your penis was where your head should be they have to have something to look at like a face that would eventually become my face (laughs) the center cut a podcast where Michael and Dave only watch the beginnings and ends of your favorite movies and TV shows and try to figure out the middle. Just search The Center Cut everywhere you find podcasts. And remember, it's always better in the center. And uh, yeah, they a lot of people uh, requested Earthworm Jim, but these are the only ones that send us a trailer, so they get that shout out. Yep. So before we get into the history of uh, Earthworm Jim, I have a few questions. Okay, how did yeah. I get so good looking? That's right. It's just... You got a face for podcasting, my friend. <laughs> I don't think that's a compliment, Andrew. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this a Reagan show? Jim had a toy line. 
Ooh, but um, he had. He, I feel like he had a toy line more for the games and not for the show. Yeah, I feel like video game shows are never. They're Reagan esque, but they're not made to sell a toy line. They're made to sell a video, a video game. game. Um, I, I I would say they are. I mean, definitely Reagan esque. I don't know if it's like a true like hey Reagan wh- adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> we're just making this this cartoon or whatever to just sell product. No, I think this. Um, and you know I'll touch on this a little bit in the history of Earthworm Jim, but it I, I feel like it's Reagan esque. Yeah, not a full true. Reagan episode, not like the Centurions. Yeah, no, Centurions <laughs> that, is Reagan as Reagan Oh my gets. god. <laughs> now, do you remember any of the game at all? I remember one level. Yeah. And it's one of the very first levels is where you're, you're like in a junkyard or something. And you have yeah, to- Yeah, that's the first level. Yeah, that's all I remember. And then I remember there was one where you're, you're flying- on your little scooter. Yeah. And you're shooting things. But that's about yeah. it. I, uh, the one that sticks out in my memory the most is level eight. Okay. Because it's food. Okay. And they spell it A-T-E. And that's okay. the one where you have to guide Peter Puppy to the end of the level. And if he oh, gets yeah. hurt, he like hulks out and murders you. Gotcha. But, so before we get started on the history of Earthworm Jim... Let's review that theme song. Let's. Despite his great big muscles and his really big ray gun, Jim is still an earthworm, but then he's the only one with a super suit to make him really super strong. Jim can be a winner if we only sing a lullaby. Earthworm Jim! We think he's mighty fine. Earthworm Jim! A hero for all time! It's a theme song. It, I don't it's, think <laughs> <laughs> that's the best description yeah. for anything that I can tell you yeah. don't give a shit about. It's a theme it's song. It's a theme song for sure. <laughs> it does what it needs to do. I, I'd give it about a three. Yeah, it, it's not a great one. I was going to give it about a two. Uh, I think they try to play up like being a bad theme song. Yeah, for laughs. Oh, oh almost, which, almost like a uh, comedy yeah. theme song. Yeah. Which would fit the aesthetic yeah. of Earthworm Jim. It fits Jam. the theme, but it does. But it, it it's not it's not anything great. That's no, for sure. Nothing to write home about. So no, three for me, two for you. Yeah, which it makes me sad. Well, okay, it doesn't make me sad um, because this theme song it has the same creator as our theme song from Biker Mice for Mars. There's a better version? No. No, oh. I wish. <laughs> no, no. If, if you remember, listeners, if y'all remember from our Biker Mice for Mars, it was two bi- um, two theme songs. One was some excellent 
80s hell metal guy redid it and it was fantastic but no the actual writer of that theme song was also the writer of this one his name William Anderson so he's done you know Bike Mice for Mars he's done a lot of the music on My Little Pony as well okay so he's been he's done better songs he, he, no he he definitely has but like you said I think they was they wasn't going for a serious yeah. awesome themes theme song i think they were just going for a more comedy uh theme song well let's get into the history of this show shall we shall we indeed so as we've been talking about earthworm jim was a video game so it actually was a video game first and then became a television co- show television yeah. show so before I get into the actual television show, let me actually tell you about how the video game character became a thing. Yeah, because Earthworm Jim was definitely different, even for his time. It was. It was. Um, so, what happened? Because you, so you're talking about the the Earthworm Jim video game came out in '94, uh, right? So, Playmates, and th- this is where. I feel like the Reagan aspect comes into play because Playmates, the toy company that was behind the creation, like making the toy line for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they saw the success that that franchise was having. Okay. They got together and they decided, hey, we need to make our own franchise so we can have that same level of success. Okay? Okay. So, Playmates found a programmer, Dave Perry. Okay, so Dave Perry, he was a video game programmer all through the basically 80s, 90s. And what happened, Playmates went to him, told him what they wanted to do, told him that, hey, we want you to help us start a franchise okay now the reason they went to dave perry a video game programmer is because playmates didn't want to do a cartoon that was going to sell toys they actually was more impressed with sonic and that franchise okay so they actually wanted to make a video game first get that going and then you know, have... Expand off Exactly. So, they went to Dave. They told him, here's a bunch of money. Make a team. Make a company. Let's get this rolling. So, they started the company Shiny Entertainment. Now, Playmates, Shiny Entertainment, saw a concept, a storyboard, everything, from a gentleman by the name of Doug to Naples. Okay. He is the creator of Earthworm Jim. He had sketches, everything of Earthworm Jim, Playmates and Shiny Entertainment, loved it, bought the rights to the franchise. Wow. And then they started just making the video games off of it. And this was, it's it's kind of interesting because I actually read some articles talking about the comparison of this and the other, let's say, video games, the other shows that were similar to this. Because you, 
so far in the 90s, you had two other video games that had tried to make a franchise based off a video game and expand off of that. One of them was the video game Bubsy. Oh, Bubsy 3, like Bubsy 3D or just Bubsy? Bubsy, like the original Bubsy. Yeah. The other one, Battletoads. Oh, wow, okay. Because, and we know how that cartoon and episode went. Yeah. One, (laughs) one sad episode. But, and this is where I believe Earthworm Jim had the advantage over those two other video games that had tried to do this before because uh, Battletoads was insanely hard. Like, yeah. no, no, no one, no, no little child could beat that game. It was just difficult. And Bubsy was just, eh. Like, it wasn't anything special, but this game was so popular because it it had a level of comedy to it. Yeah. It was kind of an edgy comedy. It had the art style of Doug uh, to Naple, which is pretty... It, it did have a different art style. It was kind of... I, I, I don't know how to describe it more than 90s. <laughs> It was more at it was more abstract for yeah. sure. Yeah, that maybe that's what I was looking for. I just like so they made the video game. The video game blew up in popularity. I mean, Earthworm Jim was I, I I would say it was a hit right at its time. Um, also, just a uh, Dave. I actually saw one of the other video games he worked on, which is one of my favorite. Uh, video games back in my childhood days was the Aladdin video game. Oh, yeah. Which one did you play? The Super Nintendo one? Super Nintendo. Because the yep. Sega Genesis one is different. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah, but he, he worked on that one. So this game blew up in popularity. And then, so of course, Playmates being a toy line, they started pushing out toys. And then they got their cartoon. They they set out to make a franchise and to have that franchise expand, and they were successful in that right. So they actually went to two production companies to get this cartoon made, okay? Flex Tech Television Limited, okay? Right. And Universal Cartoon Studios. Okay. Flex Tech, some of the other work they've worked on, honestly... They've done a lot of British shows, okay? They've done Kath and Kim, Joan of Arcadia, and the British, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? With good old Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> nice. Who want- yeah. Oh, wait, no, that's Regis. Yeah, that, yeah <laughs> ours, ours, ours is, is Regis. Yeah, ours is Regis. They, they got Jeremy Clarkson, a sarcastic... I guess some people would consider him to be racist. I don't know. Offensive. I know offend people find him offensive and tax evader. But other than that, who isn't a tax evader? Um, not too many people. Well, I mean, I'm not because I don't have the money to do. Yeah, that. you have to be a rich person to evade taxes. Exactly. So. Uh, the other company, Universal Cartoon Studios, really. 
They've done Back to the Future cartoon. They've done almost all the Land Before Times. Um, they've done a lot of direct-to-VHS movies. Like, you remember, uh, what was it, American Tale, like, Five O Goes oh, West? Yeah. Philo goes west. Yeah, but you remember, like, there was more even after that, but a lot of them just went, like, straight to yeah, VHS. Yeah, so they've made, like, a bunch of straight to VHS. Exactly. And then they also made the cartoon, which I think we probably should touch on here pretty soon, uh, the Savage Dragon cartoon. Yeah, that would be one we'll be covering very soon. Be pretty interesting. But really, that, I mean, that is the history of the show. Just a company that wanted to start a franchise who monopolized every avenue of it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they were successful. They yeah. was able to. I mean, if Earthworm Jim d- wasn't such a hit video game. Oh, yeah. And I think it's because it turned. It made fun of the genre that it was. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, the princess you're rescuing is called Princess What's-Her-Name. Yeah. Because. You know, nobody really cared about her character development. Stuff like that. Yeah, it was, um... Yeah, Earthworm Jam was pretty interesting. But tell me about some of these voice actors, Andrew. Because I know there's a... a I know there's one big name in here. I'm sure there's... Is there more big names? Andrew was just looking at me like, boy, is there. (laughs) There's one big name that I'm... Honestly surprised they got him at all. Really? And uh, just because of the show that he's still part of to this very day. I think I know who you're talking about, but I I won't say it. I'll keep keep my mouth shut. My lips are sealed, Andrew. The voice cast of Earthworm Jim. Groovy. (laughs) Dan Castellaneta is Earthworm Jim, Evil Jim. Grim Reaper, Abraham Lincoln, Ape, Japus, Stockbroker, Turn His Eyelids Inside Out Boy. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Bennett is Peter Puppy, Narrator, Hamstonator, Billy's Dad, Great Worm Spirit, Neighbor, Therapist. Can we just change our show to the Jeff Bennett Hour? Because I feel the like Jeff Bennett, Jim Cummings, Power Hour. Yeah, probably. I feel like every show we've covered, it's been one of those two guys. Oh no, I, that was the reason because yeah. Jim Cummings is the next person. It, on this it, it, list. Isn't isn't Jeff Bennett like he's always doing the dogs? Yeah, he's always doing the dogs. <sighs> Only Peter Puppy talks. He doesn't bark. Yeah, I'm groovy. So <laughs> Jim Cummings is Psycho, Bob the Killer, Goldfish, Walter, Fur Bearing. Trout, Xantor, Anchorman, Ape, Award Show Host, Bird, Cuban Band Leader, Evil Cow, Johnny Dactyl, Maggot, Number One, Number Two, Flemuffus, Police Officer, Santa Claus, Sword of Righteousness, Whooping Cough Boy. Good God. <laughs> Kath Sochi. Is Princess What's Her Name, Bill, Cody, Johnny Dactyl's mom, Merited, Malice the Dog, Newscaster. Charlie Adler is Professor Monkey Forehead, 
Doorman of the Gods, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Edward Hibbert is Evil the Cat, Andrea Martin is Queen Slug for a Butt and Mrs. Belveridge, John Kaser is Henchrat and Snot, Danny Mann is Archbug, Ben Stein is Dr. Houston and Rosebud. Ben Stein? Yeah. Really? He's in like one episode. Okay. But <laughs> and Beerlaw. Beerlaw. <laughs> Brad Garrett is the Lord of Nightmares. Kevin Michael Richardson is Anti-Fish. Billy West is Customer. J.T. Smiley. Morty the Great Sturgeon. And that's Everybody who has a credit. And of course, with all these shows, there's everybody who has the credit of additional voices. Yeah. But if well, IMDb doesn't care about them, why should I? There you go. <laughs> all right. For their other works, Dan Castellaneta is Homer Simpson, but also he's like 80 other people in The Simpsons. Yeah. Because I don't know if people know this about The Simpsons. A, they've been on for like... 30 years. 30, 31 years, because yeah. they came out in 1989, I was <laughs> born in 1989, that so is, I'm as old as The Simpsons. That's crazy. That and, That is... And, like, ugh. every voice actor has, like, 80 parts. Yeah. And I remember, what was it, five years ago, there was this huge contract, and they almost lost somebody who did, like... About of them. everybody. It wasn't Dan, but it was someone. I wonder if it was the guy that does, um, I forgot his name, and I know people are going to be like screaming at us his name, but you know, there's a guy that does like Mo. He does like Mo, uh, Bob, Bob the Psycho. He does a lot of different characters in that show. I wonder if it was him. Maybe. Yeah. I think it was the person who does Ned, Ned Flanders. Really? But I could act. I wonder. I, really I wonder why he wouldn't sign and pack up. It's he wanted more money. Well, I guess if you want to have a groovy time, you got to have the money to do it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Anywho, Jeff Bennett is a party Pete in regular show. <laughs> <laughs> I love any time that there's a German something. It's usually him. <laughs> I love. Wait, his name was Party Pete. Party Pete, and he's Peter the Puppy here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even put those together. I was just like, oh, shit, regular show. That's I, I, modern. <laughs> I love, give it up for Andrew for just really having to go through their entire list to find the things we have not mentioned yeah, already yet. said. Uh, Jim Cummings is Lord Boxman and OKKO, OK Let's Be Heroes. Okay. Uh, Kath Sochi is Sally Acorn in Sonic the Hedgehog, Sat AM. What? Yeah. Is, is that a video game this, for Saturn, Sat AM? No, it's uh, it means Saturday morning AM. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so it means. So it literally just means. Yeah, it means yeah, Saturday morning. Uh, groovy. So there are three different types of Sonic shows, all which we'll be covering. There's this one's the serious one, okay. Sat AM. There's the goofy one where it's like more of a kid show. Yeah. And then there's the sibling one where, uh, Underground, right? Yeah, underground, where do they you, got a green one and a pink one. Do you remember when we walked at the grocery store? Yeah, and we found that in we like the 99 cent bin. A DVD of that? <laughs> but they're all voiced by Urkel. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Urkel. We are not. He is one groovy mo- 
Mama. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charlie Adler is Snively in Sonic the Hedgehog Sad AM. Uh, Edward Hibbert is Ackerman in The Prestige. Andrea Martin is Aunt Volva. Vo- no, it's not on Volva. <laughs> it's Aunt Vola in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I love those movies. I, I know, of course you do. I know it's stupid. Don't you also love The Notebook, you big baby? <laughs> you big sissy. <laughs> uh, John Casser is The Crypt Keeper in Tales from the Crypt. Really? Yep. That's awesome. Uh, Ben Stein is Dr. Arthur Newman in The Mask and Son of the Mask and also the game show host of Win Ben Stein's Money. I love that game show. Uh, Brad Garrett is Fatso in Casper. In Casper. Oh, hey, Andrew, Ken, hmm. talking about Casper, yeah. you remember how I said last episode, me and my brothers, you know, there was three of us. Oh, so we always... you were fatso, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, you were, I was. You were also like 300 I, pounds and I a was also fat. Then. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very fitting yeah. for me to be fatso, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson is Captain Gantu in Lilo and Stitch. That's a good movie. And Billy West is Ren and Stimpy in Ren and Stimpy. He does both? He does both. That's groovy. That is groovy. Getting a lot of mileage out of that today. (laughs) Oh, just you wait. (laughs) So a couple of things about this show from what I learned. So it's got a lot of gross out humor, but... Animation isn't as strong, so yeah. it's like, you know, some of those close-up shots that they do, they don't have that in this show. Okay. I, re- you know, I also remember that Earthworm Jim had a goofy but edgy feel to it. Yeah. This doesn't really have the edgy part. It's got the goofy. It's It leans more on the goofy. They well, break a lot of the fourth wall, so they'll talk to the narrator directly yeah. or to us, the so, audience. Like I said, I, I the... I remember vaguely watching this as a child. I remember there was one episode where they like go to the mall or something like that. Um, but watching the uh, the theme song, like watching the actual uh, animation yeah. for the theme song, everything else, it almost feels like Earthworm Jim was trying to be like Jim Carrey. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's very loud, and he like animate very animated, and he is a animation. <laughs> but yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, because I I could see Ace Ventura saying groovy like that. I remember a rumor about a movie years ago, and they wanted Jim Carrey to be the voice of Earthworm Jim, but it never it I mean, never why, got why off would the you, ground. Why would you not just get Dan Castellaneta? To do it. Because he's too busy being Homer Simpson and yeah, like you could, yeah. 85 other people on The Simpsons. <laughs> I wouldn't give up that freaking I don't think m- he would have ticket. to give it up. I'm sure he could do both. And uh, some of the characters of uh, Earthworm Jim 
There is Earthworm Jim, the hero of the show, a normal earthworm who got superpowers when a supersuit fell from space and landed on him. There's Peter Puppy, a puppy that basically has Hulk powers. He's Jim's sidekick, and his levels were always worse in the game. Because Earthworm Jim 1, you had to guide him, and then Earthworm Jim 2, you had to save a bunch of his puppies being thrown out of a window by Psycho. I remember that one, And it's yeah. like damn near impossible. Princess What's-Her-Name, the love interest of Jim, and got her name from the game developers for uh, like being a pr- parody of uh, princesses and video games being more of a plot device than a yeah. character. She's really violent in the show. Really? <laughs> she like domestic abuse basically. She constantly talks about like eviscerating people and stuff. And Jim loves her? How, how I don't you? think Jim really understands cuz Jim has like hyper intelligence for a worm. <laughs> so below average intelligence yeah, for a human. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh <laughs> Snot, Jim's pet booger, talks with fart noises and I remember he ha- was in the game, but he's more an Earthworm Jim 2. Yeah. But he is an Earthworm Jim 1, and he has probably my favorite boss fight in the game. Really? So you have to fight a guy named Major Mucus, yeah. the only villain not in this show. Oh, interesting. And it's bungee jumping, and you have to knock Ooh, each other off. And that's I cool. just remembered that I constantly replayed that level. I had so much fun. Like, I knew where you would get to the yeah. point where you almost win and I would die just, just so, so you can replay it, it. Yeah. Back in the day when you couldn't just like save it, yeah. load up that one spot, yeah. We have Psycho, Jim's rival, usually a hired gun for Queen Slug for a butt, is the reason Jim is the way he is today because Psycho is the one who dropped the super yeah. suit and it fell on him in the first place. If I remember correctly, you usually don't fight Psycho in a boss fight. He's usually in the mini games, like the I one where so, you're yeah. like racing on your uh, rocket bike, yeah. and then another one where you're doing a foot race. Yeah, we have Queen Slug for a butt. Uh, Princess, what's her name's older sister, blames Princess, what's her name, for turning her butt into a slug. A slug. Evil the cat, the most evil being in the universe, is from Planet Heck. And I remember when you play his level, it's called What the Heck. And the like the ground enemies are one's a snowman. Okay. And the other one are they're lawyers. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Bob the Killer Goldfish is the leader of the planet La Planita de Agua. Arriba! That's how they say it in the show. Very nice. Good job, Andrew. Wants to conquer the universe, but is sadly just a goldfish in a bowl. Has a super strong cat henchmen that are usually just called number one, number yeah. two. Uh, his boss fights in the game are always played for laughs. I remember in Earthworm Jim 2, they do it Mortal Kombat style, and like the bloody fight comes up, and Jim just reaches into the goldfish bowl and eats him. Uh. Uh, professor Monkey Forehead, an evil professor, invented the super suit. The reason he can't make more is because in the show, the suit is powered by the Battery of the Gods, of which Professor Monkey Forehead could only obtain one. Okay. In the game, however, he could not make another suit because the monkey ate the plans for the suit. (laughs) (laughs) 
And lastly, Evil Jim, Jim's evil twin, manifested from a radioactive photocopier incident. His only game appearance is in the Game Boy Advance game that I didn't know until researching this show existed. Yeah. The plot of the Earthworm Jim is basically most episodes involve a series of numerous villains attempting to reclaim the super suit so they can rule, destroy, freeze, or knock over the universe. Otherwise, just causing mayhem throughout the galaxy. Other problems facing Jim include returning his neighbor's egg beater and finding a new power source for his suit. I remember one that made me laugh pretty hard. So Jim lives in a neighborhood called Turlock. Okay. And his super secret hideout is in a subdivision. Okay. So he's out getting his paper. He's like, morning, neighbor. And his his neighbor goes, morning, hideous abomination. It's <laughs> God. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I wanted to try something different. And this was a little bit of a... Uh-oh. Are we going down the cr- groovy train? We are. We're hitting yes. that groovy train. We're going to talk about one episode today. So when we're in November right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think about in November? Thanksgiving? Well, Fall? most people think about Christmas. So oh. oddly enough, instead of doing the first episode of season one or something in the middle, I thought it would be fun to just do the last one before I even yeah, started yeah. watching them. And the last one is a Christmas episode. Is that the one with Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. So, Season 2, Episode 10, For Whom the Jingle Bell Tolls. So, every episode of Earthworm Jim starts with a cold open. So, we'll yeah. do the cold open. But it's it's not a, it's not tied into the show, right? No, not typically. Okay. The narrator says, We joined Jim one fine evening at his super secret headquarters, and it appears to be Christmas, and Jim is done decorating for Christmas. And he's one of those people who put, like, they go all out for yeah. Christmas decoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Peter Puppy walks up and asks him, Jim, do you even know what a secret hideout is? <laughs> Jim, annoyed with Peter, says, what's your point, Buzzbud? And that's when he's zapped off of the ladder by Queen Slug for a butt. Jim, looking for a weapon, goes for a, rein- a reindeer display and says, eat festive dirt, ye destroyer of holidays. And hits her out of her rocket laser throne. This is when Jim goes, wait, I almost forgot. And pulls out a gift for Queen Slug for a butt. Queen Slug for a butt is so moved by the gift that she forgets that she's attacking Jim in the first place. She opens it up and it's one. Of, it's a bomb. Yeah. And explodes in her face and she goes, you gave me that last year. No. Giving him enough time to throw a plastic snowman over her, tie her up with Christmas lights, put her on a sleigh, and then use his rocket bike to launch her into space and make her explode. Okay. Peter says, sorry your display got ruined, Jim. And Jim says, well, at least we have the true spirit of Christmas. Peter says, pretending to like the lame presents you get. And Jim says, exactly. And the cold open is over. One could say groovy to that one could (laughs) (laughs) and now for the real episode so the episode starts with the narrator saying on foreign insectica we join queen slug for a butt as she engages in unspeakable and vile activity we pan into her castle to see that she's exercising some bug priest says looking good your majesty 
Queen Slugforbutt says, well, I feel good about myself, and that's what matters. There you go. Good. That's some educational segment right there. The priest says, ah, yes, because if we we not love ourselves, the toads of fate shall feast upon our entrails. Oh, Hawk, I hear the toads approach. What? Queen Slugforbutt says, wow. I didn't make you the official palace loony for nothing. <laughs> the official palace loony says, oh, thank you. The queen then asks for him to explain Christmas one more time. He then tells her Santa Claus delivers presents to all the good boys and girls. And one night she interrupts him and in saying, the toads of fate are one thing, but that's just plain ridiculous. As she crushes him with her slug butt. Some people would pay top dollar for that kind of privilege. Oh my hey god, oh. I was just thinking that. <laughs> anyway, Galoonie says it's all done with magic. Queen Slug for a butt is like, oh, well, it didn't make sense until you said there was magic involved. Of course. The Looney says he gets his information from the highest authority in the universe, Earth Television, and pulls out a TV and shows her, like, a bunch of Christmas movies. And they're all mentioning how, like, you gotta be good so Santa Claus can come, or Santa yeah. Claus is the true meaning of Christmas. Queen Slug for a butt wants to use Santa and enslave him and use his magic to conquer the Earth. Evil laugh, etc., etc. You know, villain stuff when it's Christmas. Of course. The scene changes and we see Santa inspecting an old-fashioned dollhouse. And he goes, this doll, this doll beach house fits together perfectly and then smashes it. <laughs> he then calls for an elf named Fritz and tells him to go through all these boxes and remove all the tab parts he sees. But first, help me off with the, my boot. And Fritz says, no, not that, anything but that. And that's when Santa goes, don't cross me, boy. And it's just like, whoa, Santa. I, I feel like they've um, they've really captured the true image of Santa. Santa's a slave owner. No, he is. Yeah. He's enslaved an entire race of <laughs> elves, basically. Like, uh, we're just going to call it brass tags but, here. But is that really so wrong? I mean, they're elves. To be a slave owner? No, yes. No, 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 no. <laughs> a slave owner of elves. I mean, they are beneath humans, let's be honest. Are there any elves on Twitter? <laughs> are we about to be canceled by the elf community? <laughs> I mean, they're basically like pets to us. Oh my god. <laughs> We're not in Harry Potter. <laughs> if any elves are listening to this, or any humans who identify as elf, I apologize for my words. <laughs> there. I'm sure that'll cover it. There we go. I and mean it. <laughs> Fritz uses all of his strength to pull off the boot, and this is when Queen Slug for a butt blasts through the door. And says, I'm going to turn you from the symbol of all that is good into the icon of all evil. The scene changes, and Jim, Peter, and Princess What's-Her-Name are at the mall, so Jim can go see Santa. And Jim is pushing all these people out of his way and telling people to move so he can go see Santa. Peter tells Jim that he has to wait in line like everyone else, and Jim says, "Oh." The longer I wait, the wetter Santa's lap gets. Uh. 
Princess What's-Her-Name says, I'm awfully suspicious of how he judges people. What gives him the right? I ought to kick his butt. Jim tells her that's not the real Santa. That's a mall Santa. Mall Santas are deputized representatives that tell if people are naughty or nice done over a ceremony under the Northern Lights, which I'm told the whole thing is very spiritual and touching. What? Princess What's-Her-Name asked Jim, How does the real Santa know what you want for Christmas? And Jim says through a psychic link that connects them all to the real Santa Claus. Peter then confused asked Jim, Who told you all this? And Jim looks at him with a crazy look in his eyes and he goes, The voice is inside my head. (laughs) What? And this is when it's Jim's turn to go see Santa. And when Jim arrives to see the mall Santa, he recognizes his old cellmate, Walter, which means Jim has gone to jail. Walter says, how's it hanging, Floss? What do you want for Christmas? And Jim wants a pony. What? Okay, why not? I guess. It's a lot of uh, random humor. Yeah. Hence why every episode ends with a cow falling on you. But then again, the game was random humor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Walter gets up, holding his head, and he says, my psychic link tells me the real Santa is in danger. (laughs) Jim (laughs) (laughs) Jim jumps into action to save Santa and they rocket bikes all the way to his workshop he sees that Santa is gone and his workshop is in ruin Jim says without Santa Christmas is ruined Peter goes oh well at least we have Hanukkah and Kwanzaa (laughs) and this is where it kind of gets a little real uh oh Jim says, you don't understand, puppy boy. Without Christmas, the U.S. economy will collapse. Anarchy will reign supreme. And and I won't get my pony. (laughs) Very true. Peter's like, your point? He goes, we're doomed. 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 I'll for those keeping score at home. Doomed. (laughs) And it goes to commercial break for like a Capri Sun or something. I don't know. I mean, what? I watched 90, it without commercials. Yeah, Capri Sun. 96. Yeah, I, I them, can see that. Where them kids turn into... The, like, liquid? Yeah, the liquid metal. Yeah. Basically, they turn into to the T-1000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We come back from commercial break, and Jim is yelling at the elves about letting Santa get captured. Fritz is able to... Goes, well, actually, we just call ourselves elves to get the babes. Which, what are they? <laughs> I guess they're just little people. I guess. Jim goes, does that work? And Fritz goes, not even a little. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, dating advice for everyone. Don't pretend you're an elf. Which I feel goes without saying. Unless you find a babe who's into that. Yeah. If you find a babe who's into Christmas. I'm sure that- Maybe not mentally Oh, I I was thinking more just like the fantasy type of elves, like Lord of the Rings type of elves. Like- No, I'm thinking of peppermint stick Christmas uh, elves. See, I was thinking of Legolas. Orlando Bloomin' Onion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Ruby. (laughs) Jim says, well, you- Even you faux elves should have seen what had happened. And Fritz goes- (laughs) Hey, when you're on the clock, we focus on our work. You don't even want to know what happens when the big guy catches you slacking off. 
And all the elves shudder, and Fritch leans into the uh, gym and the crew and says, let's just say it involves figgy pudding. And here's where I was going to... I looked up in the Urban Dictionary... Figgy pudding? Figgy pudding. Oh my god, please tell me it's something awful. It is... Is it poop related? No, actually, it's uh, ginger root related. Oh. So basically... Without going into too much detail, you peel a ginger root okay. and insert it into an orifice. Ooh. And that's spicy. That, that's that's a spicy asexual. That is. <laughs> you know what that sounds like, Andrew? What? A groovy time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Jim and the crew go, Ew. So this is when the narrator explains that in order to get some more info on Santa's whereabouts, they go to Santa's favorite place to try and find him. The Personification of Abstract Concepts Club. <laughs> what? They're at there getting a drink, trying to see, you know, who's there. Yeah. And there's a table with Death, Cupid, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. They're sharing a table, and they're like, hey, Jim goes, hey, have you guys seen Santa? And Death says, yeah, I've seen Santa on every stinking shopping mall, on every stinking street corner, and on every stinking channel, and every stinking Christmas parade. I even saw him on some cartoon, and this is where they make the meta joke, and Peter goes, I hope it wasn't one of those played out tropes where Santa gets kidnapped, and Jim elbows him to shut him up. Yeah. And uh, Jim's like, are you you jealous? And Death says, I work just as hard as Santa and I never get any attention. But before Jim can get any more information, he's attacked by Peter's monster form. What? Oh, because he... <laughs> yeah, he yeah. hit him. I do think Death walks probably harder than Santa. There are more dead people than there are good children in the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have to do much research for that, but... No, no, no. Uh, Cartoon dumpster dive claim. There are more dead people than good children in the world. Well, think about it. Santa walks one day. Death walks. He's never 24-7. People be dropping like flies. 52 weeks a year, 365 days. That's it. This is when a drunk Rudolph interjects and says, If you ask me, Santa got what was coming to him. Ooh. So those figgy pudding things he's right. doing. Ugh. Rudolph talks about how Santa only uses him when he's useful and how he treats him like dirt the rest of the year. Jim accuses Rudolph of kidnapping Santa and Rudolph says it wasn't me, it was some bug woman with a giant butt the size of a Macy's Day parade float. Jim and crew gasp and say, (gasps) Rush Limbaugh! And this is when Peter says, no, it was Queen Slug for a butt. That's hilarious. (laughs) I laughed way too hard at that when I heard it. That is, it's funny. (laughs) The scene changes and we see the queen and the palace loony trying to brainwash Santa. First by like clockwork orange style, holding his eyes open and making him look at a bunch of anti-Christmas stuff. Then they lock him in a soundproof room with anti-Christmas music, a genre we should all explore. Yes. Like, 
So if you go to a supermarket with Christmas music, another supermarket should have like anti-Christmas music. I think for I think for every two Christmas songs a a place plays, they need to play one anti-Christmas. Anti-Christmas. Yeah. yeah just in it. between. But no matter what, Santa remains jolly. And this is when the queen tries to just hypnotize him with like a watch, a pocket watch. Yeah. And uh, keeps telling Santa that he is an evil death-dealing machine and Santa who I think is actually more insane than Jolly stays the same but he's like I'm a gift-dealing machine ho 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 she does however hypnotize the loony and the loony blaster but she blasts him back mm. and the loony goes you could have just said snap out of it and uh this is when Queen Slug for a butt says, where's the fun in that? Ho, ho, ho. And then she realizes Santa might be rubbing off on her. She's becoming jolly. Yeah. Queen Slug for a butt. Queen Slug for a butt shocked says it's time for drastic measures. They now have Santa on an operating table and are going to implant an evil microchip in him. And it works, and Santa is under Queen Slug for a butt's control. Her plan is now to have Santa deliver the microchips all over the world to enslave all the children of Earth. This is when Jim blasts through and tries to thwart her, and uh, Queen Slug for a butt takes the palace loony and holds him hostage. Okay. And it almost works on Jim. He's like, oh, no, he's got a hostage. And Peter has to remind him. He goes, Jim, he works for her. (laughs) (laughs) Jim starts to blast away, but then uh, Queen Slug for a butt uses, does like a front flip and then crushes all of them with her big old butt. Again, top dollar. As she makes her escape with Sanda, she sends out some evil bugs to destroy Jim, Peter, and Princess What's-Her-Name, and it fades to black. Pinned down and about to be destroyed, the narrator says, It was the night before Christmas, and all through Insectica, not a creature was stirring except for the Zergs who were about destroy- to destroy our heroes. Princess Watzer's name interrupts him and says, Not if I have anything to say about it, and pulls a lever, and a big flash of light happens, and they're just defeated. I guess it was some type of ray. Yeah. Princess Watzer-name goes, She used to do that to me all the time when we were kids. The scene changes to Santa and the Queen, and they're going around the world, jumping down chimneys, and uh, delivering all the microchips. Okay. So, Queen Slug for a Butt is having trouble going through the chimney, and she says, Now I know how a Hungarian dinner feels, which, I don't know, maybe they're not high in fiber, or they cause constipation. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the kid's room. And Jim and the crew are there to stop them. Well, first, well, Jim isn't. Jim is playing with a race car on the floor, and Peter has to get his attention. Uh, Of course he is. So Peter and the princess, they start to fight uh, Queen Slug for a butt, while Jim has to take on Santa. But Jim can't bring himself to hurt Santa, and begs him to remember Christmas, and uncooked turkey, and fruitcake, and bad Christmas movies overwhelmed by this all the christmas magic the evil microchip in his brain burns out and santa comes to his senses jim says now he can save christmas without having to hurt santa 
And Santa tells him, if Christmas is in danger, he must be the one to save it. Jim goes, well, aren't you a little uh, old and fat? And this is when Santa reveals that in his younger days, he was Warhard, the Norse god of judgment, and what? turns into a Viking, and then attacks Queen Slug for a butt with an axe, puts her in a sack, and then magics away. Okay. And this is when Jim goes, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, and he kicks butt. <laughs> the scene changes to Christmas morning, and Jim, Peter, and the princess are all opening their gifts. The princess got antenna warmers from Jim, and Peter got an automatic haggis maker. <laughs> and wrapped up in the corner with a note from Santa Claus is Jim's pony. Aww. But the note reads, Jim, don't feed the pony rocks like you did the kitten. Love, S. Claus. So Jim killed a kitten. He did. And Jim, happy he got a pony and said, this is the best Christmas ever, gets crushed by a fruitcake that has a cow inside. <laughs> the episode ends. My God. And it a lot of these episodes are like that. I mean, I mean it, they're not as Christmassy as this one. And this was one of the few that didn't involve the super suit. So... <sighs> Listening to it, it sounds like a pretty just fun, ridiculous cartoon. I mean, it was a WB show. Yeah. You know, it came on kids, WB. How, how does it hold up? Actually, I would say out of all the cartoons we covered, this is the closest one to modern day animated humor. Really? Yes. I mean, I, I get it because I, I know a lot of humor now has become random. Yeah. And stuff like that. It's a, it's very, it's a proto- show it's yeah. a show of what what shows are now i got you but i enjoyed it a lot uh the animation isn't the best the I'm best guessing. it's yeah. average it's like it's okay for a saturday morning cartoon you know yeah well i mean i mean you think i mean now most cartoons you might use flash or you might use some other type of software to animate it and it makes it pretty easy to keep a constant um level between episodes but i know this back before that or the early stages of that so and uh the only thing i can see about earthworm jim so you know he's made hasn't really made much of a resurgence in anything there no. is a kickstarter for a comic that's there apparently is. a sequel and there's a lot of fan games. It has uh, Doug Tenaple, yeah. the creator of it. He's behind that Kickstarter. Um, so he he's heavily involved in getting that comic going. And the reason, actually, there isn't a game is because of the very last Earthworm Jim game. That really ever got made that wasn't like a remake or something. Yeah. I figured it would be a great way to explain to everybody kind of what happened to Jim. And yeah. And why you don't see more of him. Go for it. So this is basically the tragedy of Earthworm Jim 3D. So Earthworm Jim 3D is the sequel to Earthworm Jim 2. Yes. And so... After the release of Earthworm Jim 2, its original developers, Shiny Entertainment, 
they were bought by Interplay. Okay. And then they were put on the other projects, and they were scattered. Okay. And because Shiny had recently introduced a strict no-sequels policy, so they they didn't want to make an Earthworm Jim 3. They felt like after 2, it was kind of done. Yeah. So they got another crew. It was given to Vis Entertainment Limited. And mm. it was decided by them to go the route of Super Mario and Sonic the Hedgehog and make a transition from 2D to 3D. So basically people hated it. And it was very poorly received. They couldn't make a lot of the characters work in 3D. Uh, at the time, the series designer David Perry had sold the rights to the franchise. The character had to be redesigned for to shift from the side-scrolling 2D to the mm. free-roaming 3D. Perry and the original series creator, Doug Tenaple, met with Viz to discuss the game in early de- development. Both expressed that they hated what was done to Earthworm Jim 3D, but legally could not prevent anything from happening. Okay. Uh, to Naples says he felt that the series was ruined by this game, and he's almost halfway right because the only thing Earthworm Jim, other than remaking 1 and 2 uh, recently, well, not recently, but I guess in the span of the 90s to now, yeah. uh, he was in Interplay's Clay Fighter 63 and the yes. third. That game, that game did not have a lot of popularity, though. No, the only person I know who likes it is me. (laughs) Oh no, I liked it too. Um, it was, it was that one game that we would go to Blockbuster and we always wanted to rent it. Yeah, but some because that one had the special Blockbuster version you could rent. But that one. Because our Blockbuster only had one copy of that game to rent, and I swear somebody rented that game and never returned it. Or it was constantly just rented out. We was able to rent it twice and play it. And honestly, like, I liked it. I thought it was fun. So in the sake of uh, helping out Earthworm Jim get back to somewhat popularity, I say that we will link... Uh, in the description, the kickstarted this. Yeah. It's already been funded, but there are some uh, goals. Yeah, that if you and, and plus you can just keep tabs on what's going on. Yeah, and so uh, from the look of it, the art design looks really cool. Oh, and it, it would just be—I don't know—I'm probably going to put some money towards this just because I'd really like to see. I really want to see Earthworm Jim come back. I feel like in this gaming climate, when there's so many similarities yeah it would be nice to have earthworm jim well so back in the fold so a couple of years ago they actually did release um like a hd remastered version right um and you know you could pick it up on like your like uh web store like xbox live playstation um but they've actually removed those Hmm. which i i found interesting that they removed them I'm sure there's probably some legal reason why. I wonder if it's because Doug Tenable finally got the rights back. Probably. And he was like, I want my creation my back. My creation back. And I, I get that. Um, and honestly, like you said, because I actually looked up some of the uh, concept designs of the comic he wants to create. The art in the comic, it's I like it. 
is very well done. He's a he's a good artist. Yeah, very so, talented I mean, artist. Yeah, there was one thing I wanted to mention before we call it a a day, Andrew. All right. There was a commercial that got banned from TV. Oh, because it was so unsettling. <laughs> um, we'll we'll link that up. But this commercial. I think it it did a good job of kind of giving the aesthetic of what they was going for with the video game because it just shows this like grandma yeah sitting in a rocking chair talking about the video game Earthworm Jim okay but she's got a bowl of live earthworms <laughs> beside her and she just slowly starts like picking them up and like putting them in the mouth eating them oh wow to the point where like as she's describing the game she's grabbing more and more. And towards the end of it, they put this, like, fishbowl lens on her. And she's got, like, all these earthworms coming out of her mouth. And they change her voice to sound more demonic. (laughs) It's... And you gotta think, this was 94 that you advertised. Like, mm mm-mm. Yeah, FCC would probably (laughs) crack that. That's great. But, yeah, we'll we'll put that link up and you can watch it. And to me, like, if you watch it now... You're it's like, not as pretty tame. Yeah, you're like, this commercial isn't anything. But put yourself yeah. in 94. I mean, hell, what? Satanic Panic was basically going on oh, in the yeah. country. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I guess that's Earthworm Jim. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I got one question. Something okay, that's always bothered me. He was a regular Earthworm. Right. The power suit fell on him. Yes. Did the power suit just constantly change him? Like, how is it that when he comes out of the power suit, he doesn't revert back to a regular Earthworm? I think it's a permanent change. Uh, so he's just been radiated. Yeah. So that suit just leaks radiation constantly, basically. I suppose. You you remember the, was it, the late 90s Godzilla movie? Yeah. That was released yeah. in America? With you, uh, Bueller? Uh, yeah, Matthew, what, not Matthew Perry. Matthew um, Broderick. Yeah, you remember how that Alan that was so radiated that caused Godzilla? Yeah. The Earthworms? You remember that? Like No, that, not at all. He was, like, digging for Earthworms, and I think it was, like, the radiation had grown the, like, standard Earthworm to grow, like, three times its size. And, oh, so that's, that's yeah, what Earthworm did. I guess, oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was terrible. It was. But how they did some of the shots are pretty amazing. But that's a different that's a topic. Different topic. <laughs> if you would like to reach the show, feel free to visit cartoondumpsterdive.com. There you can check out our store for merch and request a cartoon you would like us to cover. It's a br- pretty uh, groovy website, for sure. It sure is. Yes. You can check out our groovy Twitter, Twitter handle CartoonDD. We have an Instagram, Cartoon Dumpster Dive. We have a Facebook, Cartoon Dumpster Dive. If you would like to send us a good old-fashioned groovy email, you can send it to cartoondumpsterdive at gmail.com. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform that has reviews, please help us out by giving us a five-star review and then type groovy 36 times in a row. Or just, or just once. It, it, it doesn't no, it matter. it has to be 36. I'm going to count. Yeah. And if it's not 36, I'm going to report the review. He will. <laughs> he will. I've seen him do it before. Oh, okay. groovy. You guys have a groovy rest of the week. <laughs> groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Cartoon Dumpster Dive.
bug woman with a giant butt the size of a Macy's Day Perot. <laughs> Fuck. Jim McHugh. <laughs> I was so close. Uh, so close. This has been a Lughole podcast.